This is Dr. Rob Harder with the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast, making your world better. What does it take to be an effective nonprofit leader today? What are the biggest challenges? What are the biggest obstacles? How should nonprofits fundraise in an economy that is constantly changing? All of these reasons combined led me to start this show. And it's my hope that through this series, people can learn not only what it takes to be an effective nonprofit organization, but to hear from effective leaders who are successfully making a positive impact in their communities. We hope you enjoy the show as together we hear how they are making their world better. The Nonprofit Leadership Podcast is supported by First Republic Bank. With First Republic, everyone gets a personal banker who will sit down and learn about you and your goals. You're then connected with specialists and solutions you may not have considered. Isn't it time you align yourself with a bank that believes in you and your future success? Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology, tools, and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinix Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank, Infinex, and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Change is hard, but change is necessary. So when is it best to bring about positive change to your nonprofit that will help your organization continue to thrive for years to come? Is it when you're struggling and the wheels are coming off? Or is it better to bring change to your organization when you're doing well? Well, the answer to this question and more will be answered by my guest today, Jeffrey Apple and Keith Heller. Jeffrey is the CEO and Keith is the founder and chief strategist for Heller Consulting. Team Heller is committed to helping nonprofit organizations and higher education institutions to develop and implement technology strategies and ecosystems. Now, additionally, I want to say thank you again for tuning in each week. You know, I continue to enjoy to see the growth of this podcast. I mean, truly, you are the ones that make the difference in that growth. So thank you again for tuning in. And for those of you who have recently given the podcast a rating and or a review. In fact, I thought I'd throw this out there again because it seemed to be a real popular thing. Um, if you're listening and haven't given a rating or review yet, I will give a gift card out to the first one who does so immediately after the airing of this episode. Just fill out the review, take a picture of it, and then send me the picture at nonprofitleadershippodcast at gmail.com. Again, it's nonprofitleadershippodcast at gmail.com. 
And I'll send you a gift card. Happy to. And again, the first person who filled out the review after this podcast has been posted, the gift card is yours. Well, thanks again. Now on to the show. Jeffrey Keith, thanks so much for being on the show today. You know, I'm really excited to share with my listeners all about your organization. Your consulting firm really does seek to help nonprofit organizations, but you also work with higher education institutions, and your goal is to develop and implement technology strategies and ecosystems. So let's talk about that some more. First, let's talk about the technology strategies you seek to implement for nonprofits. I think my listeners will be really interested to hear this. And Keith, I understand you're the expert in this area of your organization. Well, Rob, uh, that's kind of you. I, I might be one of the top three people on this podcast today. Uh, that's pretty impressive right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, technology strategy is meant to support a nonprofit. Uh, how do they raise money? How do they deliver on their mission? So we're helping them choose technologies and implement. They're going to support those goals. So we're helping with a selection of core CRM solutions. Uh, all the different add-ons that uh, that you can get to uh, help with specific uh, issues that you're dealing with or challenges. And then we implement uh, Salesforce and Microsoft and a bunch of other things. And we, on an ongoing basis, try to help people optimize those different solutions. Love it. Well, that's excellent. And I think I recognize a lot of the different um, technology platforms you're mentioning. Now, second, you seek to create a technology ecosystem or ecosystems. How do you define that? And what does that look like for individual nonprofits? Jeffrey, I think this is more your neck of the woods. Well, ecosystems are the platforms, products, and solutions that make up the tool set to run your business. Now, of course, you know, every organization we work with have the following core departments, which are fundraising, mission delivery, marketing, finance, and HR. There are many products and solutions that, are, that need to be in place just to support these core functions. And when we talk about an ecosystem, we're acknowledging that uh, we're not living in an era where one buys everything one needs from a single vendor, right? We live in a multi-vendor, uh, multi-product environment, and that's not uncommon for nonprofits to get there, quote-unquote, organically. But when you get there organically over time, maybe you don't like the results. It can be too complex to integrate and things like this. What we suggest is you may well have that kind of environment in the future, but if you choose that environment and how to develop it, and how to pick the right systems that will play together well, then you can actually have an ecosystem that is very, very supportive of what you're trying to do. I'm really glad you said that because I think you're right. Things are changing so much. There's always a new technology improvement, right, in various areas of these ecosystems, as you mentioned. So I, I like your approach to that. And maybe you could talk a bit more about the importance of implementation. As I looked through your website and, and I saw and learned a little bit more about what you do, you really do stress implementation. And, and I would say, you know, for my listeners who are most of those are on staff or board uh, members of nonprofits, you know, they can plan and plan. They can create amazing vision. They can create incredible mission statements. But at the end of the day, if they don't implement their plan, if they don't pursue their mission with measurable results, right, it'll be all for naught. And so for you, from your point of view, why is implementation so important? And how do you go about helping organizations do this effectively? And Jeffrey, maybe you could answer first on that one. Yeah, thanks, Rob. In our experience, the most successful implementations have a proper planning component to them, which includes the evaluation and selection of their technology, but just as importantly, includes the identification of the objectives that an organization is looking to achieve in, in making this technology investment. So clearly stating success factors along the way 
along with building an implementation timeline that the staff at the organization can manage is really important. That's because I think, as we know, rarely do organizations hire additional individuals to help with an implementation. So that extra work ends up falling on people that are already at the organization. So I think finding the right timeline that allows people to continue to do their very important jobs and properly support an implementation are really, really important. Now, I would say, lastly, I think one really critical item to, I would say, project success or success of an implementation is meeting the expectations that are set up front. I've never worked on a project where when you didn't meet the expectations of the organization, they viewed it as success. So clearly identifying what success looks like and managing to that, those objectives are really the role that we play uh, and support in an implementation we think are very important so that organizations feel like they had an implementation that allowed them to achieve their objectives. Well, this is a goofy way to say it, but I heard this once. You have a much better chance of getting where you want to go if you know where you want to go. Yeah, so well said. A lot, no, you're right. You know, there there are times when, you know, folks will call us up and say, hey, I, I want to get uh, new technology. Okay, great. Uh, what, are, what are you going to do with it? We're going to get new technology. Okay, excellent. All right. Uh, yeah, okay. So your current technology is old. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, so you want new technology. Yeah, great. Well, what do you plan to do with that technology? We're going to do new things. Well, <laughs> yep. you know, at the end of the day, to Jeffrey's point, we need to get into the weeds around, okay, these are your different programs that are part of your mission. How are those individual programs going to be positively impacted by the technology change you're anticipating? Let's, let's make some lists. Let's, let's bullet this out. Because when you get uh, deep into implementation, no surprises here, but I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to uh, pull the wool over anybody's eyes. It's tough. Sometimes you're, you're deep in the trenches, halfway through the project. And you toss up your hands on a given day and you're like, why are we doing this? Right. And that's when you pull out those lists and you're like, this is why we're doing this because this program and this program and this program are going to benefit in these ways. We're going to be able to save, serve more people, raise more money to support the mission. So getting those goals and success measurement factors down in pretty concrete terms is, is really important. I'm really glad you said that. I think there is a tendency um, for a lot of nonprofits just to get new technology for the sake of new technology. I think you said that really, really well. It, everything should be run through the mission, through what is the purpose ultimately, and then, yeah, what's the end result? So I really like your approach on that as well. Well, let's keep going on that. You know, when you implement new technology and you put in new systems, you bump into this issue that we all deal with across every sector, but certainly in the nonprofit sector, this is true. Change is hard, right? And I found that change is harder than most people think when it comes to implementation. Uh, in fact, the longer, you know, and sometimes the more successful an organization has been in its existence, I feel like the more difficult it is to bring change. I think about nonprofits that have been around a long time and have been really successful. Sometimes those are the hardest to turn around or to be open to new technology and new tools like that you would present to organizations. So you do a lot of change management with nonprofits. Why is change so hard in your opinion and from your experience? And how do you help overcome that resistance to change and bring about effective change that really is embraced by the whole team? And maybe Keith, you could speak to that first. Yeah, thanks, Rob. So I, I, I think about change happening at two levels, uh, the level of the organization and the level of the individual. And it's exactly as you say, when an organization is doing really well, it's hard to change, right? Now, 
doing really well can start to slide over time into doing okay, doing well enough. Our systems are doing well enough for us. And the pain has to get pretty bad for an organization to want to change because change implies risk, right? And if it's working okay, well, maybe we can get by. But when you really look uh, over the arc of time, this is the time to get out, right? <laughs> when it's just doing okay for you and technology changes and improves so quickly, you know, every five to 10 years, nonprofits should be at least seriously considering and probably changing core elements. So an organization, the best time for an organization to make that kind of change is when they're doing well, right? Because you're not in pain, you've got the resources, you've got the time, you know, when things start to kind of fall apart at the edges, that's when it's hard to change the core. At the individual level, all of us, when change is presented to us, especially big change, the first question that naturally arises is, ah, what's this mean for me? Is this going to work out all right for me? Is this going to be good? I'm kind of used to what I'm doing here, especially in the you know professional setting. What's this mean for my job, my employment, you know, my my financial life, my family? Uh, and that's why it's important. You know, change management is is the process of bringing people along on the journey, helping them feel, addressing the emotional aspect of implementations of a technology change to help people feel like. One, I'm still going to have a role here because I care about this organization. I want to be part of it. Yeah, this is what that role is going to look like. This is how we're going to help you get prepared to fulfill that role. Uh, and also, this is what's going to, this is how the organization is going to benefit. This is how our beneficiaries are going to be better served. And so let's put that right up on the wall so we can all remember this is the big picture, right? But when people understand, oh, my job day to day is changing to support this big picture, it's a lot easier to get on board even when there's, you know, you're kind of making it through the rough spots. I really want to, yeah, go back to what you said that was really interesting. You feel like the best time to approach an organization to bring about good change is when they're doing well, not when there's a problem. Yeah, so maybe yeah, no, absolutely. And, and with technology, you know, nonprofits have to change every five, 15 years, they, they, they end up, a lot of them change every 10. They probably should look at it every three to five. And when you're, when you're in that, let's say 10 year stretch and at five years, you're like, we're doing great. Why would we look? Because, you know, it takes time to get together the budget, uh, and the people and the timing to do a, a technology project. And you're going to get a better result from your project and your technology investment when you're not stressed all the time <laughs> and when, when the ship starts to take on water and that's when you decide to change things, it's harder. Your day-to-day -day work is harder and you got this project on top of it. So we'll be right back. The nonprofit leadership podcast is supported by first Republic bank with first Republic. Everyone gets a personal banker who will sit down and learn about you and your goals. You're then connected with specialists and solutions you may not have considered. Isn't it time you align yourself with a bank that believes in you and your future success? Learn more at firstrepublic.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As a leader of a nonprofit, you know firsthand how important it is to have the right technology tools and strategies in place to achieve your mission. Well, that's where Heller Consulting comes in. 
Heller Consulting is a premier consulting firm that specializes in helping nonprofit organizations achieve their goals through effective technology strategy and implementation. Whether you need help with technology roadmaps, CRM strategy, Salesforce, or Microsoft implementations, Team Heller has you covered. With Heller Consulting on your side, you can trust that you'll have the support you need to make the most of your organization's technology resources. Visit teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Again, that's teamheller.com slash NLP to learn more. Do your investments align with your values? Well, now's the time to increase your triple bottom line to better people, profit, and the planet. Amalgamated Investment Services, a division of America's socially responsible bank, has a deep-seated commitment to affecting systemic change through investments. By specializing in triple bottom line impact, they can help navigate the common hurdles experienced by nonprofit organizations and foundations. From creating a sustainable policy statement to avoiding the all-too-prevalent greenwashing. If you would like to join them in creating a more just and sustainable world, please visit amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Again, that's amalgamatedbank.com slash nonprofit investing. Securities offered through Infinix Investments Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. Amalgamated Investment Services is a trade name of Amalgamated Bank. Infinex and Amalgamated Bank are not affiliated. Georgia College and State University is Georgia's public liberal arts university. They have a 36-hour Master's of Public Administration program, which is fully online, using innovative techniques to engage students while allowing flexibility for working professionals. The program is fully accredited and earned U.S. News and World Report's Best Graduate Program ranking in its 2021 edition. There are two 12-hour professional certificates offered alongside the program, Leadership and Nonprofit Management and Election Administration. And if you're out of state, there are no additional costs for out-of-state students. Check out Georgia College and State University today. Well, thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If this is your first time listening to us, I wanted to make sure you're aware of a whole group of other episodes with fascinating guests that I previously interviewed. Just go to our website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. There you will find numerous interviews of nonprofit leaders from all over the country, including some from other countries, all trying to make their world better. And when you go to our website, you can also subscribe to my monthly leadership update in order to get more content, ask me questions, and join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community. Just look for the subscribe button, which is on the top right-hand side. It's a real easy process. Well, thanks again for listening. Now back to the show. I love that. I I think you're right on with that. And I hope my listeners are really leaning into that because I think you're absolutely right. It's counterintuitive in many ways because you're like, hey, we don't need to change. We're doing great. But that's exactly the time to change, like you said. So you avoid and you're proactive to prevent the wheels coming off uh, in the future. So, okay, when it comes to adding greater technology efficiencies to an organization, how do you help nonprofits become more high tech without losing their high touch relational aspect? You know, we've had a lot of people on the show and we've talked about this question. I've asked it multiple times to different people, but I think it's a big deal, right? Because nonprofits especially are typically really good relationally. They're good with the people they serve. They're good with their donors, right? They're good with the community. But high tech sometimes could have the tendency to remove you from that and you become super efficient, but maybe you've lost that relational touch. And I know that's not what nonprofits want to do. So yeah, how do you balance that between adding all these wonderful new technology tools, but at the same time, helping nonprofits stay strong at what they're good at typically, which is the relational skills. And so Jeffrey, maybe you could answer this one. 
You know, it's a really interesting question, Ra, because, you know, what we have found is that rarely do organizations go through sweeping process change outside of the technology investment. And, you know, and to be frank, I think a lot of organizations would get a lot of value at that. But the way that I think organizations think about change and consuming technology, that's when they look at potentially changing their business practices and, and business processes. At Heller Consulting, uh, we see as a, a, you know, a primary goal of this kind of technology investment is business transformation. And so uh, we feel like it's very important when an organization makes a decision to, to, to invest in new technology. They're not just pulling out their old technology and replacing it with new technology, which likely has a better interface is, and is more intuitive. But if you do just that, you miss a really important opportunity, I would say, to enhance your engagement. And I think certainly one thing that's happened uh, over the last two or three years with uh, you know, the pandemic and, and people not being able to meet face-to-face, organizations had to figure out a way, how do we have meaningful engagement with the people who care about our organization digitally? And of course, technology helps support that. So I think one of the primary ways to do this is to state up front uh, the, the purpose of this you know, technology uh, project is uh, clearly to swap out and have better technology, but not to just keep the level of engagement we have, but it, actually be able to use the technology to enhance the relationships that we have. I love that. And so you're saying that, yeah, if you have more technology tools, it won't just help you stay where you were with the high touch relational side. It actually enhances your ability to connect even better. Is that what you found? Yeah, I feel like that should be the goal. And I'll jump in. I'll give a, I'll give a specific example. One of the things that, that gets me excited is, let's say, in the realm of major gifts and planned gift solicitation, um, you know, there's incredible use of data in order to identify who are the people who are uh, most engaged with my organization, who are most able to provide substantive financial support. And if we rely just on uh, my mind, let's say, as someone involved in a nonprofit, like, oh, I think so-and-so is really interested in the organization. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that necessarily, but we can leverage data combining information from the nonprofit about who's really engaged and such combined with other types of data that are available and make sure that we're using that precious time for high touch engagement with the right people, right? And just that that use of data can really uh, enhance the high-touch relational aspect of our work. And that's just one example of, of several I could give. No, I'm really glad. I think you said that really well. And I think that's something we always ought to keep in balance. Again, especially I think the nonprofit sector who typically is strong in the area of relational connection with their community uh, and yet need more high-tech tools to become more efficient. And actually, as you said, Jeffrey, to really enhance their ability to reach even more people at scale. And so, well said. Now, this podcast is all about leadership. And I thought it would be fun for, actually, Jeff, you could start this, but maybe both of you could answer this question. Could you share a bit about the biggest leadership challenges that nonprofits are facing, in your opinion, and how are you helping them tackle these challenges? So, Jeffrey, you first, and then Keith, you after that. You know, oftentimes when we kick off a project, the project sponsor or uh, leadership team will ask me, what role can and should we continue to play to support a successful project? And I love that question because I think for some organizations, especially if they're 
they, they're looking to make a significant technology investment, they've started that process two or three or four, maybe six or seven years ago. And so by the time they get to a point where they've made a decision to make an investment and swap out their technology, it can feel like the end, like they've done their part. And I, and I like to think about there being really sort of three phases to it. And I think it's, they're not equal in time, but they're equal in importance. And so the first third is really the process that you go through to make a decision around a technology investment. I would say the second third is really the, the implementation itself. And the last third really being the launch and post go live support and, and that the role that leadership plays in terms of identifying and relating to why they're making this investment, how it's supposed to support the organization, how it's going to increase efficiency, how it's going to allow them to continue to be successful and best serve their constituents and the people who care and need their organization is really critical. It's critical in the first phase. It's very important in the second phase. And of course, in the third phase, as people are getting used to the change, as we just talked about prior to this, it's good to remind people that the organization is going through this ultimately so it can better serve its mission. Oh, well said. I like that. Keith, what would you add to that? I would add that it's not nice of you to make me follow Jeffrey. Um, no, <laughs> that is hard. Sorry, we keep doing that, don't that was a we? Good answer. Uh, so I would, I would say, and, and I think this is related to, to what Jeffrey said. You know, if I think about a nonprofit culture, uh, and in fact, one of the things that I love about nonprofit culture and probably attracts all of us here to to working in nonprofits is the emphasis on the human element. Right. It's it's really we are we are a, a feeling group of people with deep commitments and strong values. And it can seem uh, that technology runs counter to that. Right. And so I think there's a role for leadership to play in uh, bridging that gap. Right. And, and so that we talk about technology in, in human terms. You know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but at an organizational level, we're not just putting in a new system, we're putting in a system that's going to allow us to do A and B and C with our constituents, right? We're putting in a system that's going to allow D and E and F within our teams. And this is how we're, each of us is going to be able to work uh, more effectively. Uh, we're going to work better together. But let's talk about technology in more human terms. And sometimes what that means for leadership is they may have their own feelings about technology and their own resistances or, or hesitancies. And so to, to take on the challenge of saying, well, I wonder what, you know, what are my hesitancies and how can I overcome them so that I can model a positive relationship around technology to, to, to everyone else? Yeah, well said. I really like that. And I thought now we can go into, as we think about leadership changes and then um, kind of the unique challenges facing the nonprofit sector. In your opinion, uh, and I'll ask Keith first, but then I'll have Jeffrey follow Keith this time. Uh, more broadly speaking, what are the biggest changes and trends coming in the next one to three years, say, to nonprofits as a whole? Yeah, I, I would say the challenges that we see are uh, similar to challenges uh, we have seen at other eras uh, in our work with nonprofits. And, and frankly, an extension of what we've been seeing the past, past few years. Uh, which is greater uncertainty. Uh, you know, my prediction is we don't know what's going to happen. 
right? That's <laughs> <laughs> that's a safe answer. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, vague enough that I'm probably right. What we do know, because of what we've seen and what we're in the middle of right now, all of us uh, culturally and societally, there's increased demand for what nonprofits do. No matter what uh, unfolds, nonprofit services are continue to be more and more and more relevant. And so we can expect uh, as demand scales, we're going to want to meet that greater demand. Uh, We may have to do that uh, with the same or even less resources. Uh, That is a place where, you know, I'm not a card carrying technology solves everything kind of person, but I do think there's a, there's a, a good solid role for uh, technology to uh, make any nonprofit's resources go further, right? And so I think a lot of our a lot of our clients see that as well, and I think that's going that's maybe there's enough people to call that a trend. The recognition that technology helps in these kinds of situations. No, I like that. Well said. All right, Jeffrey, you're following Keith. What would you add to that? You know, I I think one of the um, advantages of being in this space for 25 years is you get to really see the pendulum kind of swing back and forth as new technologies are brought in. And of course, you know, Salesforce really sort of ushered the area of cloud-based CRM. And, uh, and I think what followed was a, a real push by organizations. And I think we've all heard this, te- this term, uh, 360 view, you know, my constituency and, you know, getting data into one place and being able to share information better across departments. And we've seen, you know, a lot of organizations move towards and make investments in doing that. And I think, you know, the pendulum is starting to swing back a little bit the other way. And if they think about just what, what's coming over the next couple of years, well, there's uncertainty. I think there's uncertainty of, like, globally. There's uncertainty about uh, the market and the economy. Uh, and I think, you know, we're going to see a bit of a push towards like, how do we, how do, how do we get the most out of the technology that we have that's still working for us and pinpoint and identify technology that will best impact and support our, our organization right now and really more cobble, I would say, your ecosystems together. So you may have a platform, quite frankly, you may have two platforms along with some legacy technology uh, tied together through sort of, I would say, like next generation uh, data warehousing or, you know, uh, better, you know, next generation integration tools that allow you to get that sort of overview of your constituency without really trying to or needing to get everything in one place. And I think if, if people could start to and if organizations could start to think about, you know, how is it best to achieve my objectives? Again, well, maybe utilizing some of what I have that's working, I think that could be a, a good recipe for, uh, for success for organizations over the next three years. Uh, I like both of your answers, and I just like how you approach um, these uh, issues. And I think, again, for my listeners, I think leaders that are really trying to grow their organization, in particular, I think post-COVID, right, all these issues are very relevant. And so I really appreciate you sharing your insights. And I have a feeling people want to connect with you. In fact, to my listeners, you probably recognize the name Heller Consulting because they've been our sponsor for this podcast here starting in January. So I encourage you to check it out. But I'll just ask you both uh, directly, how can they connect with you if they want to connect with you personally and or Heller Consulting? Where was the best way for them to click and uh, find out more information? 
Well, we recently uh, discovered this thing called the internet. Uh, <laughs> so we <laughs> hey, don't give your secrets away. <laughs> so we put a is it called a page? I think it's called a page. Uh, no, we're at uh, 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 teamheller.com. And so you'll see we have a blog and we uh, write papers and we, uh, you know, do wonderful podcasts like this. That's probably best. I would give the name of my local coffee shop if anyone wants to drop by, but, uh, you know, maybe we'll put it in the notes. There, okay, there we go. That sounds good. And just give <laughs> us some of the times that we can stop in and say hello. And I appreciate you buying people's coffee for them. That really nice offer. <laughs> really nice. <laughs> oh, you got me, Rob. I guess I'm on no, the I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was just too much information. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. Well, again, and Jeffrey, anything else you want to add? I, you know, I think thought leadership and contributing to blogs like this has been a commitment of ours for the last decade. And so we take a lot of pride in the content we create. Uh, so I would encourage you to go to our website, uh, teamheller.com and sign up for our distribution list and, and, and take a look at some of our content. Yeah, sounds good. Well, again, I encourage my listeners to check out Heller Consulting. Um, and thanks for supporting this podcast so we can get out, you know, people like yourself and other guests that we have on the show to get the word out to more people. Wonderful for us. And then again, I do encourage people to check it out. Uh, I've got the chance now to uh, learn a little bit more about what you do. And boy, as a nonprofit leader myself, and I have several colleagues that are always looking to sharpen their leadership skill, uh, find out how to integrate those high-tech tools. These are such important things to learn, and it's great to have someone like yourself. So thank you for what you're doing. And thanks for taking time to be on the show today. Thank you so much, Rob. Yeah, thank you, Rob. Hey, friends. Well, I wanted you to know that this podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to other podcasts. I also want to encourage you to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with others. This will actually help us get this great content out to more nonprofit leaders just like you. You can also join the Nonprofit Leadership Podcast community, find other resources and interviews of past guests all on my website, nonprofitleadershippodcast.org. Well, thanks again for listening. And until next time, keep making your world better.